Time, the podcast. A monthly pod about all things extracurricular. This is our second episode of Spare Time. I'm so excited. It's the February Spare Time episode. Yes. And we are super excited to talk about all the things that we have been doing and not doing in our spare time this month. It's been a wild ride this month. February has taken me to what feels like the edges of the earth emotionally. Yeah, it was not uh, what we expected. No, I don't think. That's Marie, by the way. Oh, yeah. And that's Elisa. And we're just here talking to you about our spare time. So what does spare time even mean to you, Marie? Ooh, this month, it's funny because we we established last month that we were going to answer this question every time. And I didn't, I, I knew that my answer would be different, but I didn't really know that it would be quite so different one month later. I feel really... My spare time has, I've had a hard relationship with my spare time this month. Oh, interesting. Um, I feel like something that I struggle with is feeling like I am beholden to do certain things mm-hmm. in my spare time that I don't really want to do. Yeah. And then, and I don't do them because I don't frequently do things that I don't want to do, but I just spend my spare time then sort of feeling guilty mm-hmm. about what I'm doing and what I'm not doing and really just taking myself down a lot for not making the most of my spare time. Like, I feel like it's really, really easy to beat yourself up, uh, beat yourself up about, you know, when you have a lot of things to do that are important beyond just like the fun parts of spare time, which is like relaxing, you know, making dessert, taking bubble baths, whatever, you know, I love that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do more writing in my spare time. And it, and that is something that is important and that I'm taking seriously, which then makes the spare time of it all a little bit less like fun. Spare timey. Yeah. It doesn't feel that spare timey. And so then I'm like, okay, well, even when my spare time is spare timey, I feel guilty about it. And that is not a good place to be mentally. I can definitely understand. And Spare time can be a curse, you know? It's like, can. And I feel like especially like these days, it just feels like, I think with the pandemic, but then also just like our culture in general, it's like spare time is like not really something that A, people really talk about or B, like really think is a good thing, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's of like being productive. Totally. And I think there's really like, I was talking about, the new concept of the podcast with one of my friends, friend of the pod, Goldie. And she really put it well that like spare time in our like monetize everything that you even think is remotely interesting, (laughs) like side hustle culture is really, uh, an, it's really like an act. It's taking a stand against what, like everything that the world is telling you to do. Like right now, Mm -hmm. I feel like we're in this position again, where it's like, if you have an extra minute, you should be reading something about what's going on in the world. Like you should be learning, you should be doing something. You should be like taking some kind of action, which like all of those things are very worthy and important to do, but you also can't survive if you're firing Mm -hmm. on all cylinders 24 hours a day. So it's hard. So true. Yeah. I guess the question that we're ultimately asking in our February spare time is like, how do you separate the types of spare time that you want to have and also like prioritize both and feel that both, or it's not even both, all are okay? Yes. Yes. And like, what, how do you know what spare time, when you have spare time, how do you grant yourself rest? even when you have things that you want to do with your spare time and how do you know when, when to do which? That's a really hard question. And that's something I struggle with a lot too. And I've been really trying, as I said last time, like to ground myself in restful spare time or like Mm -hmm. restful things that I like to do in my spare time. And I feel like I'm actually on, I feel like in my month, that's actually been a little bit more of my leaning where I've been Mm -hmm. like, okay, I have this extra time right now, whether it's like between meetings or on the weekend or whatever. And I'm like, I should probably spend this time doing something a little bit more productive, whether it's like 
work-related or exercise-related or, as you were saying, like commitment-related. But I'm like, actually, fuck it. I want to just, you know, go on a leisurely walk by myself or I'm going to read or do something that's like really, really just for me and for like relaxation rest. Um, But that's not feeling that right for me either. (laughs) It's really strange. I think it's really, I mean, it's there, there's, it's always a difference between like what you should strong air quotes do. I think with spare time, it's, it's different than like work. Cause for work, you're like, okay, I have the things that are on my to-do list. I have the things that like I'm actually doing and that's kind of the two extremes, right? Like you're yeah. operating between like what I need to do and what I actually can do and what I want to do. But in spare time, there's like an extra dimensionality of like, this is the pressure of like, this is the only time I have for everything else that I like. Yes. That's a really good way to put it too. And it is like, how do you choose? Yeah. There are so, so many obviously like external factors that influence that, but. Yeah. So this, this month's spare time has been feeling like kind of uh, like weighty and pressurized Mm -hmm. in a way that it wasn't in January for me. Um, I'm glad that you've been doing, giving yourself grace in the, I know you mentioned that in the news, like you're taking the restful time, even if it doesn't feel that good. I feel like the impacts are still like the positive is still positive. I hope so. I mean, I think it is for me as a person who like wasn't acquainted with the concept of spare time, uh, just a couple of years ago, but yeah, I just think, my spare time. Actually, I think what it is, is that I feel like I've had less spare time this month. And I also Mm. feel like looking ahead, I feel like there's going to be less and less and less, like as spring comes and things just kind of like rev up. And like, apparently we just like, don't really care about COVID anymore as a society. (laughs) So like, it seems that things are just going to be happening in full force in a way that's going to limit my spare time, I think. And I think my reaction to having less has been okay, I'm just going to do the things that are the most stressful and not do the mm-hmm. other things. Yeah. I mean, I really feel that way as well. And I think like this is getting into our next category a little bit, but like I have so much travel and mm-hmm. like weekend stuff coming up in the next, like starting in like May and going until through the end of the summer. So I kind of feel like I'm reacting by like hoarding my spare time a little bit and also feeling like really stressed about getting everything personal done because I'm going to be dedicating like all of my spare time to my like seeing my people which is obviously amazing but it's hard when you I feel like we've just been living in this like weird liminal space of like waiting to go back to normal but like now it sort of feels like wait maybe we already are this is the way that it is now and time is just passing and passing and passing. And I think it's kind of been hard to feel like you can have it all. Like you mm. can be invested in others as well as in yourself. Like for me, mm-hmm. it feels so binary right now where it's like yeah. I'm either like hermited and not leaving my house for weeks or I'm traveling all the time. And it's kind of like, what, where's the balance? I feel the same exact way. And I know we were talking about this. We got together a couple of days ago and we were like, we haven't seen each other in a while. And I feel like we've both been in the like insular yeah, phase. Just, I haven't been like doing much. No, people keep <laughs> asking me like, what's up? And I'm like, I don't fucking know how to answer that question. I'm like, I don't think feel, anything. <laughs> it's really weird. You know that things are a little bit grim when like somebody asking you like, what's new kind of sends you spiraling. Yeah. You're like, you know? fuck nothing (laughs) nothing I know I'm like is that bad is that good I think it's good I think it's fine yeah oh Oh my god wow we really went for it huh that's my fault (laughs) no I like it honestly I feel like this is interesting to me and I I think when we first established this section we thought it would be like a little bit flippant but it's Mm -hmm. not and I like that about it um but before we move into actually digging into our spare time, we do have a couple of updates about the Spare Time Book Club. Yes. So as you may notice, um, February is over and there's Same no Spare one. Time Book Club. Today is the last day of February, the 28th. Um, so you'll be seeing this tomorrow or maybe tonight if I'm feeling really feel, really <laughs> feeling some type of way. 
Um, so our, we, we didn't really have quite enough time with our February book to actually go full send with the book club. Um, so we are going to do sort of like a two for one special for March. Um, so just a reminder, or if you don't receive the spare time newsletter, which is confusing, but fine. Um, our February book is don't cry for me by Daniel black. Um, pretty buzzy book. I got it from book of the month, which is how you know that um, it's a, it's a hot commode. Um, and I'm really excited to read it. I haven't read it yet because as everyone knows, it's really hard for me to deviate from my strict library book schedule, <laughs> but I, I think it's going to be fun to talk about, um, alongside our March book, which is an, a decidedly different vibe, I think. Yeah. And I think for our book club in general, we don't really have a theme, but we do want to focus on LGBTQ themes or authors and just kind of highlight that in mm -hmm. literature. So speaking of literature, our March book is Delilah Green Doesn't Care by Ashley Herring Blake. Um, it's described here as a clever and steamy queer romantic comedy about taking chances and accepting love with all of its complications. Can't wait. Marissa, so excited that she's seen like people saying that this is an incredible book. <laughs> people are loving this book. I am generally, I think that I'm moving towards being a romantic comedy. You girl. are. I, have seen I video. yeah, I live with someone who reads a lot of romance novels. <laughs> um, so I can't resist a couple. And whenever they're queer, I'm like, of course. And I really have been seeing. Uh, astonishingly rave reviews about this book. So I'm excited. I mean, I like books like this. I will say that I feel that in my 2021 reading journey, I went in saying, I love a rom-com. I love a brain candy book. And I exited saying, actually, I don't. So <laughs> I'm curious to see, like, I like a book that if it's a romance, I like it to have some substance. I really want it to be. Yeah. And I don't like when it's obvious from like, if I never read the book and I knew what was going to happen, you know what I right. mean? Right. I'm not here for like a bodice ripper. That's just not what I'm reading for. And I feel like a lot of rom-coms are pretty stupid and that's kind of the point, but I also feel like queer rom-coms like have a little bit of seriousness built in usually just because, you know, there's the, the added, uh, usually some, there's some like complexity added by the factor of queerness. I think that's so true. And to your point, like there's certainly a time and a place, but sometimes a rom-com can just be delightful and it's exactly what you need. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Me too. Delilah Green doesn't care. We'll post it on our Instagram tomorrow, March 1, and it'll be in our next newsletter too. So if you want to pick it up, read along, send us your thoughts. We would love to hear from you. Um, yes. but I'm excited for this one. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, me too. Big time. So uh -huh. Alisa, yes. How did you spare, how did you spare your spent time this month? Oh, thank you for <laughs> asking. You spend your spare time this month other than, um, the aforementioned existential crisis that we were both quietly having by ourselves. Yeah. We didn't talk about it, which is silly. We did a little, I guess, a at the beginning bit, of yeah. the month. And then we said, that's all. Yeah. Um, well, the first thing that I have here is that I spent a lot of my spare time this month feeling pretty blah, um, mm -hmm. which I would say goes right along the lines of what we just discussed. Um, I did leave Washington, D.C. once, which was pretty nice. Um, mm -hmm. Took a little weekend trip down to Richmond, and I love it there. And yes, great place. As always, just such a nice reminder that, like, it is good to leave – and I feel like especially now, like especially what we were just talking about, like sometimes if I've been home for like six weeks in a row, which I feel like I was never home for six weeks in a row prior to the pandemic, right. I'm kind of like, oh, it's nice here. Like I don't ever need to leave. And then mm -hmm. I leave and I'm like, oh my God, like I have to leave all the time. So that was nice. And it did perk me up a little bit. And it was nice to have a little bit of a road trip. It's only like an hour and a half to two hours to Richmond. So it's yeah, that's a great, great weekend trip. Perfect. Um, but I kind of like rediscovered my love for CDs on this trip, um, which is something I've talked to Marie about, but I had a mix CD in the car that I had made in probably 2012 so um, that had like 
horrible versions of like Ingrid Michael songs and Michelson songs and just like random shit of the worst quality I've ever heard. Like it was clearly downloaded illegally from the internet. Um, but then we were in this record shop that had CDs and Erica was like, okay, let's just each get a CD, like just for fun. Cause we, it was funny to listen to the mix and to be like, we don't know what's coming and we, mm-hmm. is it, are we going to like it or not? So we each found actually a couple of CDs. Um, we got Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA, a classic. classic. We got um, a Shania Twain CD, have to have classic. it. Um, we got uh, Celine Dion Greatest Hits. We got Dolly Parton Greatest Hits. And then Erica said, let's get a modern CD just to, you know, try. And she got the latest um, Brandy Carlisle album. And when I tell you, it blew my mind. The quality of the CD was very far beyond what at least comes out of my speakers in my car. We were mm. absolutely shaken to the core. And then we did some research and you know, I don't think that this is like everybody needs to be getting a CD, but at least for my car, the quality is so good because the it's it's basically like a data compression thing. Like mm-hmm. when you stream music, there's only like X amount of whatever the unit is that can be copied over. Whereas mm-hmm. a CD has, I think it's something I actually forget exactly, but it's it was like, like a crazy, you said like CDs have 14,000 and like MP3s have like 750 or something. Spotify crazy. I think maxes out at like 350. So it's like, just like, I felt like listening to the CD was the first time that I was like hearing all of the instruments and hearing like all of the harmonies and background. And to me, I felt like I was like experiencing it the way that it was recorded in the studio. You know what I mean? When you told me this, I was, I was like upset. Like I was walking home and I was like in a bat. I was like, I was mad at the world <laughs> because I was like, I was just feeling kind of sad. Like that, that's that the way that we're listening to music is like, that's actually how I felt as too. Good. Because I was like, I felt bad for myself, but more so for the artists because I was like, damn, like people are not listening to the product that these people are creating. They're listening to like a, you know, a third or a quarter of the version of it that just isolates like the biggest parts of it. But so it's like, we're losing all those nuances and like Brandy Carlisle specifically, Marie and I have seen her live a few times and her voice is very, very, very textured. And Mm -hmm. I feel like on the like Spotify version, her voice sounds cool, but it doesn't sound as crazy as it sounds if you hear it in person. But on the CD, it sounds fucking crazy. And so I'm like, mm. how is this possible? Yeah. I mean, I feel like we talk about this with our favorite, cause Lisa, you guys know, Lisa and I go to a shitload of concerts together and to with our favorite artists, like Ingrid Michaelson, Brandy Carlisle, we always Sarah talk Brellis. about how, yeah. Like how the recordings they sound kind of like flattened out is yes. what we usually say. And like, yes. that's actually true as it yes, turns actually, out. Actually. So basically in my spare time this month, I discovered that we are correct about that. <laughs> I love to be, uh, that makes me feel a little better. So I basically, what we're saying is you guys have to buy a CD and then go to your mom's house and get your boom box. Yeah. Dad, I know you're listening. I'm ready for the CD player. Um, but Marie, <laughs> let's take a drive anytime because you guys should know that I did purchase 12 more CDs um, of current <laughs> music because now I am obsessed and I only listen to CDs in my car. And so unfortunately, my Spotify wrapped is going to be that mm. this year, but that is a risk I'm willing to take. Yes. Yes. Um, so I would say those are my big updates. My final update is, you know, for the fans, I received a Froyo Maker I believe four years ago for Christmas because I demanded it from all my friends and family. I was like, I have to have this thing. Who's going to get it for me? I got it. I never touched it once until two weeks ago. I made Froyo for the first time and I have to say it was awesome. <laughs> wow. I was kind of like, You've been, what I've am been I waiting, waiting and for? waiting. I know I'll make it for you. I make it by using just Greek yogurt and then I add in like a little bit of, um, the first one I made, I added sugar, but then it was too sweet. So I've started just adding in like a little bit Mm. of, um, like vanilla or something or maple syrup, but 
I just mix like a runny yogurt with a Greek yogurt and then the texture is great. And that's it. And so you're literally just eating yogurt, but it's like ice cream. Oh my God. Wait. Okay. So do you make it all and then put it in the freezer? Like what's your vibe or are you just making like a single amount? It actually really doesn't make a lot. Um, Mm. and if you freeze it, then it becomes the texture of ice cream. Yeah. Which is fine. Okay. Cause yeah. it still tastes good, but yeah, you have to have it like kind of fresh for the Froyo experience. Got it. Got it. Got it. Tell me I about want your it. spare time. My spare time. So I really was spending most of my spare time at home doing what feels like nothing, but really isn't nothing. <laughs> like I've been cooking a lot. I've been like fiddling with my home decor um, you've, been ho- I've, you've been hosting a lot. I've been, that's true. I have really been hosting a lot. Um, which means that I've been grocery shopping like an incredible amount. Like I, when I sat down to think about what I wanted to say here, like the very first thing that came to mind was grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need to do a little less grocery shopping, um, in March. And I know that you are on a grocery shopping journey as yes. well. Yeah. How's it going? Do you want to, I feel like I, everyone should know about it. Oh, an update. Um, yeah, it's just okay. an update. I would say that we, so it was inspired by my friend, Joe. Did I say that last time? Who said that he spent yes. $50 a week on groceries, which is very different from what I was spending. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. that's crazy. Um, but I think he's cool with eating like literally anything slash like mm. the same thing over and over again, which I'm not. So we were like, okay, let's just like, see what happens if we try to spend $50. That didn't work. Um, but we've settled in somewhere that is, um, we're spending $50 less a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so far for the month of February, I just finished, I just like tallied everything today. So I think that's definitely better. Um, we still spend way more on groceries than we need to. So I would like to, I think, get to $400 a month, which is mm-hmm. $100 each, which is a lot of money. Yeah. I'm sure but, I mean, like, what do you mean $400 a month? I mean, that's what we're doing too, but we're honestly like, I don't eat out. Yeah. That's the really, thing. Like at all, like we don't maybe really do once take a out. week. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner at home for the most part. Um, and we do like, I generally buy like the most like local or. Yeah. You're not like bargain basement grocery shopping. Yeah. So I think it's, it's like quality to has to factor in to at least what I'm spending. Yeah, totally. Yes. It's. And the other thing is that it's really fun to go grocery shopping. I love it. Although I do feel like so incredibly uninspired right now that I'm just like, I shouldn't even go to the store because I'm just going to get a bunch of random stuff. And then, then what? And then what? Yeah. I understand that for sure. I wish I could find, I'm also, I'm feeling like I'm making a lot of food, but I don't feel like I feel excited, but I, I wish that there was a new person for me to be obsessed with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I need a new, I need a new idol in my kitchen. I was going to say, you need a new Carolina Glenn. I do. And you know, absolutely to say nothing bad about her. Love her so much. She's churning out content that I love to watch. Um, but I would love to be, I would love to be obsessed with someone new. So I'm waiting for that person to fall into my lap, which will probably not help me on my grocery shopping <laughs> last journey, but that's okay. Um, and then the rest of my spare time, basically, like I said before, I feel like I'm gearing up and planning a lot of, a lot of exciting things, which is very fun and also makes me feel kind of like crazy inside my body because it's so much. It's hard to imagine it. Yeah, I know. And I know that like we did this last summer, like I did a shitload of traveling last summer for weddings and stuff, but it does, it feels like so, I don't know. I feel different. Yeah, I get it. I completely, completely understand. It feels really daunting at this time, but it also feels like medically necessary. Yes. Simultaneously. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. Well, that's spare time for (laughs) you. It's, it's a blessing. It's a curse. It's a, it's a, it's the climb, you know, it's the climb. And speaking of the climb, what was the very best Thing that happened to you in the month of February? 
The best thing that happened to me was uh, strawberry cream cheese frosting. Ooh, I remember consulting with you on this. Also, I wanted to say to you, kudos on getting your shit together enough to do Valentine's Day treats. That's oh, thank something you. I would love to do, and I, I could not. So I really appreciate that about making you. up for my making up for my lack of Christmas treats this year. So I consulted with Elisa for my Valentine's Day treats. I wanted to make a chocolate cake with strawberry cream cheese frosting. And the internet was giving me like super mixed reviews on the strawberry cream cheese frosting. And I wasn't finding that re- as a recipe from any trusted sources whatsoever, which feels really weird. Like yeah. why isn't it a thing? So Elisa suggested that I buy dehydrated uh, or freeze-dried strawberries and pulverize them and then mix them into a regular cream cheese frosting. So I made the cream cheese frosting from dessert person, Claire Sappis. That Sapis. is truly the best one. It's the best. I mixed in a sh- like a whole bag of pulverized freeze-dried strawberries. And I will say that I finally, this was finally the galvanizing force behind me buying a um, pestle and mortar, which I've been wanting Ooh. to buy for like five years. Where did you get um, it? I got it on Amazon. It's okay. Sometimes I've been doing a happens. lot of bad Amazon stuff, but um, it's a good one. And this frosting rocked my fucking world. It was I so tried it. good. It was so good. And it was so pretty. So cute. So pink. Like very, it looked very festive. And strawberry. It didn't look like fakey because it wasn't. But I feel like if you didn't use dehydrated strawberries, it would be so like wet and gloopy. Yeah, I think that was really smart because it's kind of like adding, um, I don't know, I guess like extract versus paste, even though it's like a different um, totally amount. But yeah, I think that you did absolutely the right thing. It was really good, and I put them on top of. Well, I made. I also made the chocolate buttermilk cake from dessert person, which Ooh. I didn't, it wasn't as good this time for whatever reason. I think I've made I it a couple times it. and it's been underwhelming. The first time I made it, it was excellent this time. No, not that good. And I tried to make it into the shape of a heart. You know how you can do that with like a square cake pan and then a circle cake. Oh pan yeah. I watched Rosie Pelosi do it. Um, mine wasn't as cute as his, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was fine. And then I ultimately made box brownies in heart shapes and put the frosting on top and that's what the doctor ordered have we really talked dive dove in dove in on fake oh my god i'm having a stroke maybe have we is everything dove in on box brownies on this podcast we did in the newsletter but not on the podcast don't make brownies from scratch again. There's no point. If you're a longtime listener, you'll remember the newsletter where I reviewed the Claire Saffitz brownies and gave them a zero out of 10, which Marie has since had them and said, they're actually not a zero out of 10, but the point remains that it's not worth the effort. They're hard. They're annoying. And they're only at best as good or maybe slightly better than box brownies and box brownies take five minutes maybe less like 30 seconds plus oven time maybe and they are always always Always. good my box brownies of choice are i actually did two kinds i love the ghirardelli box brownies Mm -hmm. same i made the dark chocolate ones i made the double chocolate ones for valentine's day and they both slapped i think dark chocolate is my favorite because it's less sweet that's what you've said i last time i re-upped on my box brownies i got the double chocolate, which is my preference so far. And I also got the dark chocolate one. So I need to try those next. I think I need to try all of them because there are Ghirardelli box ones that I haven't tried before. So I'm, uh, I think we need to make them all and do a taste test that for your so birthday. Fun. Oh my God. That? Yeah. That sounds so fun. <laughs> and we'll be like, Hey, sorry, actually you have to t- taste these, but then rate them. <laughs> you have to taste six brownies. So sorry. Um, so that was definitely my best of the month because I'm going to carry that strawberry cream cheese for frosting with me for the rest of the time. Yeah. It feels like you may have invented it if it's not. Well, like, it was co-authored for sure. Well, good stuff. Put it in the, put it in the spare time cookbook. Um, Can't what wait. was your best of the month? My best of the month is something I did with you once, but I did, um, many, many times, which is 
go rock climbing. Um, Famously, one of the things that Marie said she wanted to do this month and you did it Mm -hmm. once. I did. Which is great. Um, We have a a rock climbing gym. I literally was like, what's it called? That (laughs) opened up in our neighborhood. And I have just been feeling like it's the best place in the world. Like I used to go bouldering a few years ago when I lived near a separate gym and I kind of was like, this is fine. Like I'm just going to like hang out with Erica and it's like something she likes to do. But this time around, I'm like, this is bringing me joy and like fulfilling my needs in a way that so many other things are not. Mm -hmm. I love the community and the camaraderie of the rock climbing gym. This one in particular, um, it's very like modern, it's new, but also just like the clientele that goes there. Is that correct? Yeah, that's Um, correct. They are generally like very open and kind of like, like people are just like nice, which I really appreciate. And Mm. since I don't really leave my house to go to work, I think just going somewhere and doing something and having it be a routine ish has been really, Mm. really nice. And then there's like the physical aspect of it too, which it's like, it's a mental physical combo and it's just fun to like try to solve a puzzle, but like maybe not get it a couple of times and then get, come back and be like, Oh, I did it. And like, that wasn't hard. Like it just, it's a very positive experience for me that I'm absolutely loving. So that was definitely the best of my month. And I'm going to be getting a monthly membership and I'm going to be spending a lot of my spare time there and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to joining you. I had so much fun. I was like life-threateningly sore after, but in a good way. I mean, it's like crazy because it's just things that you do not normally do with your body. Right. Like it was like my forearms were so sore. I was like, I can't drive my car. Yeah. It's like hard to type sometimes. It's pretty <laughs> I crazy. couldn't type either. It's so funny. Oh, crazy. It was so fun. I, I look it. forward to going back with you again. Me too. What was your worst? Um, I have a, I have something to confess <gasps> to everyone here. Oh, Marie told me this yesterday and I laughed and laughed. So I told you guys I wasn't going back to Ikea in February and I really almost made it. Um, but I went back to Ikea last week. Uh, on what, like February 26th? <laughs> it was like literally the 27th, I think. No, it was the 26th. Um, and I got some stuff, very excited, got an ice cream cone, left That's Ikea. Critical. Yep. Really fun. Got home. Realized that all the stuff that I bought was incorrect. Um, the frame, too big. The stuff I bought for our pegboards, not the correct shape. And then I was look, I was like, well, at least I bought these picture frames that I know are right. And I was looking for them and I was like, where the fuck are they? And I realized that I left a tote bag that I had packed full of things that I purchased from Ikea at Ikea. Mm-hmm. So I knew then in that moment that I would have to go back again to Ikea so I called them. The customer service is a shit show. The lady was really nice, but she was like, you basically have to go back and see if they have it. So on Saturday, I went back to Ikea because the tote bag in question was my um, fishwife tote bag. Such a good a tote favorite bag. tote bag. It has a mermaid on it and it says hot girls eat tinned fish. So when I was on the phone with the customer service agent, she asked me to describe my item and I did have to tell her it's a Royal blue tote bag that says hot girls eat tinned fish on it. And she had a long pause and said, hot girls eat what? I said, (laughs) tinned fish, ma'am. You said you heard me girl. You heard me tinned fish. So I went back to Ikea. I spoke to three separate, uh, Co-workers, that's what they call the employees at Ikea. Do they? Um, mm-hmm. I like that. I like Co-workers. it too. Co-workers. Um, I had to tell all of them about how hot girls eat tinned fish um, to mixed reviews. And then I learned that my bag had been found and all of the items that I had bought were reshelved. So I had to go back through Ikea on a Saturday backwards, like a salmon swimming upstream among all the families and their children to gather my items. Nightmare. And then I got them, I got them all. And then they were like, I was like, okay, so is my bag here? And they were like, oh no, we don't have the bag. I was no. like, what do you mean? You don't have the bag. <laughs> you had all the stuff that was in my bag, but not my bag. And they were like, nope, we don't. 
And I told that to the final customer, sorry, the final coworker that I spoke to. <laughs> and he said, that doesn't make sense. Why didn't they have the bag? And I said, I don't know. They just said that they had the stuff, but not the bag. And we looked at each other. He said, that doesn't sound right. And I said, it was a really cute bag. And he said, mm-hmm. And we knew someone a coworker somewhere is moving through the a world. Coworker somewhere with got a new bag. Hot <laughs> girls eat tin fish bag, and I hope. Well, all my greatest hope for them is that they live that that mission to its fullest. I would love that for them. Yeah, if they're if they're really feeling it, then I'm happy for them. But unfortunately, that was my worst of the month. It was a horrible experience. Really? I will not return to IKEA. I I mean it this time. I'm not I doing think- it. I think it's like those coworkers, they're not ready for what you're bringing, you know? No, I'm not ready for what I'm bringing. That is so <laughs> funny though. What are you going to do with the bucket hat? So wear it with pride? Oh my or? God. I, that's a great question. I don't know. I haven't even considered. <laughs> uh, I mean, if it's raining, that bucket hat is a great, a great thing. It's that's very waterproof. literally the perfect hat. Yep. Yep. Oh, so that's well, me. What can we do? I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) Fishwife, if you want to send me a new tote, I will not say no. That is such a bummer. Like that's like one of the best tote bags. I almost cried in Ikea. I was like, yeah, favorite tote bag, which I'm like, I have 3,500 tote bags, but yeah, but not all of them are your favorite, you know? No, only one is my favorite. Now I have to choose a new favorite. Oh, well, I look Um, forward to hearing about your favorite. I'll keep you updated. What was your worst? My worst is that I ordered a falafel pita um, innocently. It was, you know, like a pita with a cucumber tomato salad, maybe some yogurt, hummus, I don't know, falafel, ate it. And as I was taking like, honestly, one of my final bites, I looked into the falafel and I said, hmm, that really looks like zucchini in there, which I famously cannot eat because it makes me feel in pain. Oh, no, no, no. And this was in Richmond. And I was just kind of like, okay, I just ate the whole thing. Um, But also, zucchini isn't usually in falafel. So I feel like they would maybe say something. So maybe maybe it was cucumber, question mark. It wasn't. So I asked them. It was indeed zucchini. And then I just sat there waiting for the pain to settle in. Um, And did it? It did. It wasn't as bad as it has been before in my life. I basically had to like shit my pants, uh, within the hour. Um, (laughs) but otherwise I've, I survived, you know, did I thrive? Absolutely not. Would I do it again? No. Do I like zucchini? No. Um, Mm. but I just, that was my worst. Cause I was like, what in the world? Like, this is not a food that, yeah. why do they make the falafel out of zucchini? That's so weird. I don't know. Chickpeas could not be more different in texture and consistency from zucchini. Well, I think there were chickpeas. Like, I think it was a regular falafel and then they also added shredded zucchini, which is like literally nobody asked for that. No, No, nobody wants that. So that wasn't oh great. God. That was my worst, uh, which honestly, so all things considered, isn't that bad, except for the fact that like, I do have an intolerance to zucchini. So I try to not wow. eat it for that reason. But I was um, really hoping that maybe this would turn into a happy story where that you, it, you could eat zucchini again, but I guess then it wouldn't be your worst of the month, huh? I mean, I, I'm sure I could, but can I but eat why, it enjoyably? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. It's kind of like you and beets, you know? Yes, I do know. Yeah, it's it's really not for everyone. Um, but I would say all in all, pretty good bests and pretty fine worsts. Yeah, not the worst. Not the worst of the worsts. Not the worst of the worst. That's for sure. Um, okay, Marie, last time we talked about um inventing Anna. Well, we talked about Anna Sorokin. What's her other name? Anna Delvey. Delvey, the one that she goes by, yes. And we said that the series was coming out on Netflix. So my wreck, my spare time wreck this time around is not really inventing Anna. Like Mm. I, I want to talk about it, but would I recommend it? Actually, probably not. I didn't think it was as good as I wanted it to be, but Mm. I wanted to hear your thoughts. Well, I haven't finished it. I started with the book, which is called my friend, Anna. The book was Um, bad. I would say as well. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was like, fun to read because I was like <gasps> yeah I was like, like stressed what? out um but 
I found her to be a pretty unsympathetic victim. Um, Absolutely. And I think the thing that I think is interesting is that the show and the book are told from opposite sides of the story, which you rarely get in media. Mm -hmm. So that's fun. That's a little fun thing. And then you get to admit, you get to make like an informed decision knowing both sides of the story, I guess, about like who's team on. I do think that it's better to have read the book because the the show I feel like without the without any context, I probably would have liked the show more, but I also probably would have been like kind of confused. Yeah, because they don't give you I mean, I haven't seen the whole thing yet, but I feel like I didn't get as much of the like so far, I haven't gotten like the play by play of like what actually her crimes were. I guess that's probably coming. Yeah. What episode are you on? I don't remember. Like three. I think it's interesting because they made Rachel, the author of the book, like truly like the most hated character in the show, which is interesting because in theory, she didn't commit any crimes, but no, she certainly didn't. It does kind of like open up the conversation of like, well, why should we feel bad for you? Like you, what happened to Rachel, which is in the book is that and the, I, the other thing about the book is that the whole thing was about one event that took place. Yes. Which it was kind of like long. Like I was like, I know I was like, are we not going to talk about anything else other than your trip to Morocco? And we really didn't. And so I was no. just kind of like over it, but ultimately like they go on this trip and she ends up having to put like $50,000 of charges on her card. And the whole book is just about like that experience for her which of course is like very very stressful but she does ultimately get the money back from American Express so it's kind of Mm -hmm. like yes all of this happened and there's like certainly a trauma associated with that but also like you did get all your money back one way she did get all her money back and she did have people who loaned her money before she got her money back like she was totally fine like, obviously, you're stressed out if you can't pay your bills. You're stressed out if you have to borrow money from somebody. But, like, ultimately, like, she had people who are going to lend her, like, $40,000. So, like, yes, not bad. As a Shonda Rhimes fan, um, what do you think of, like, the the way that the show is put together? Um, I hate the journalist. I hate her so um, much. It's It actually, like, kind of ruined the show for me because I was, like, why are you so over the top, just like mean and cranky and horrible all the time to everybody? Yeah. And why are you even in the show? Like, it's I just don't you. really understand why, like her, her acting, the way that the character is portrayed is like really, really not nice or good or, and like mostly just annoying. And I'm like, I don't think that, I don't believe that anyone would trust her or like want to spend time with her or want her to tell their story. I completely agree. And I posted on my story at one point being like, is this woman also ruining your life? And a lot of people were like, oh, like she's just a journalist. Like that's how journalists are. And I was like, I understand that journalists are like generally like going to do what it takes to get the story. But I was like, this isn't quite right. But it's also like a journalist who's like she would be like wooing this girl, right? Like she's trying to get her to trust. Like journalists have to be trustworthy and like you have to want, you have to believe that they are the best ones to represent you in the press. And like, in this case, right? Like this Mm -hmm. woman is like voluntarily giving an interview. And I'm like, I wouldn't choose this person. Like she sucks. (laughs) I don't believe, I don't believe that she's a good writer at all. No. And some of the snippets I heard from her were bad, but unfortunately I think that those were from the real article that was, I really actually, I was thinking that when I finished watching the show, I want to read the article. Yeah, me too. I've been like meaning to, but I haven't gotten to it. Um, my real recommendation is love is blind. Did you watch season one of love is blind? I didn't. I missed the boat. Fascinating. You didn't miss the boat because season two just came out. So you can absolutely go back. It's just the craziest fucking thing, but I find it to be very, very enjoyable, especially as far as like reality shows go, Mm -hmm. um, would highly recommend. Fun. Okay. I'll do it. I'm in. It like really gave me something that inventing Anna didn't. And for that, I am grateful. Um, what are you recommending to us this month 
So I feel like this month was the month of Wordle. Um, if yes, you're I think it a was. person on Twitter or like in the world in general, um, and I have to recommend, I'm kind of coming down off of this high right now. I'll never stop playing ever. I don't um, think I will either. It's so enjoyable. It's so enjoyable. I love that it's once and you can't just like get addicted to it in the way that you can with most games. But I started playing all the spinoffs, um, which is really Ooh. unhinged of me. Um, so there's there are word spinoffs. So there's Quirtle, which is five or sorry, which is four Wordle boards. So it's a square. I actually just quad. tried this one. It's crazy. The first time I did it, I was like, how is this possible? But it's so satisfying. Like it once gets, you get into yeah, it. Yeah, it gets easier. So there's Quirtle and then there's also Octortal, which is eight, um, which is really hard. I need um, to try. You should try. And then there's also Squirtle, which is a square. I haven't played this one, but it's like each square of the board is a separate board. It's basically a crossword, but also Wordle. I don't, I'm not going to touch that. Um, that seems very I, complicated. It's very complicated. It's like 3D chess. And I don't need any more because I'm also playing Wordle Espanol. Oh. <laughs> and I'm also playing a little bit of Nerdle, which is math. Um, and I also am playing Worldle, which is geography. Um, so I'm The busy. geography one is impossible to me like I'm not doing it because I literally like if you pointed to a map of the U.S. I wouldn't be able to tell you where everything is um, it's so hard but the people that do it yourself included can like I'm so amazed well I'm famously not that good at it I mean you know we did the um U.S. map what is that thing called sporkle one time and I was oh my so God. bad <laughs> yeah we um, tried it like at least 50 times and I don't think I ever got it yeah, I was bad. But today I did get Worldle in one try. <gasps> I said, fuck yeah. That is lucky. Yeah. Well, I was certain. I was like, oh, I got this one. Was it an easy one or are you just? Um, I don't think that it's like, I, can, I guess I can say because it's tomorrow, but yeah. I, it was Indonesia. So it's oh, like. Asia. Asian yeah, world. So we, I'm good at Worldle when it's Asia because of Father Jeremy Clark's shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, I barely even got it and it was Ukraine. I'm like, I've been looking at maps of Ukraine all week and yet. Oh my gosh. So I can't recommend those enough. If you're addicted to Wordle, um, why stop there? <laughs> I love that. I say. I agree. I've actually been doing the Wordle in Russian and Ooh. it's been really fun because it's so hard for me, like in a way that the U S one isn't as hard. Like I obviously speak English 99.9% of my life. So yeah, I've loved it. I don't know if that's how you felt with the Spanish one, but like, it's a thrill to get it. And like, sometimes if I get it on like two or three tries, I'm like, am I a genius. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's how I feel every time. If I don't get it, if I get it on the sixth try of any of them, I'm like, I'm a fucking idiot. And then if I get yeah. it in like two or three, I'm like, I should be in Mensa. <laughs> I know. It's really something. Do you, have, oh boy. do you start with the same word every day? Um, I usually start with earth, but I mix it up sometimes. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't originally start with the same word. I used to start with a different word every day. Then I had like a 25 day streak of earth. And now I do like earth or something. I like mix it up depending on my mood. Love that. Except for if I didn't guess earth and then one day it was earth, I would be fucking furious. (laughs) So I should probably just keep it consistent. Yeah. For the rest of your life until it's earth at least. I know. Um, I always start with chaos and I feel like the last few days, the words have had C H A or like Mm -hmm. C H O in them. And it's Mm. really helped me succeed quickly. Yeah. Chaos is a good one. Chaos is a good one. Kind of random though, but I love that. I'm all in on Wordle and I'm going to try some of these other ones too, because you're going to like it. I can't help myself. It's too fun. All right. It's time to talk about some, some culture. Yeah, three things you need to know. Elisa, you start. Okay, so the other day on Instagram, um, actually it was Carolina Glenn. (laughs) We've already talked about her today. Mm -hmm. 
She's on Instagram. She's also a Food 52 resident. I think it's stupid that they call them that. Sorry. Um, it is. I'm just like, this isn't a residency. This is an a job. This is a, this is a job. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. Um, and then she, I think, creates recipes for the New York Times cooking as well. So, you know, she's an internet girl doing great work in the food space. Um, but she posted something really, really concerning the other day that Marie and I... <laughs> Instagram messaged about, and it felt important enough to take it here. Um, she was eating a bowl of cereal and she posted a picture of the bowl of cereal and it looked totally normal, but then she posted a, uh, poll Mm -hmm. and it was basically the poll was, how do you prefer your milk in cereal, hot or cold? (laughs) And I said, what? I questioned everything when I saw this. I honestly, it actually blew my mind because I've never once heard of that or thought of that or considered that. And the poll was not 0% to 100%. Correct. Like there were many people people doing Are people talking about like, are they just talking about like shredded wheat or are they talking about like cinnamon toast crunch? She posted Cheerios in the photo. So did we ever find out what her preference is? I think she was saying her preference is hot. Carolina, you have to call us. We have to know wh- why. I have to know more. I, and I'm not going to try it. That's I will not drink hot milk. That's where I draw the line. No, if it's not a latte, that's not for me. Yeah. But I just, I, I still feel kind of like speechless about it. I don't know what to say because I don't understand it. Won't it just make your milk or sorry, your cereal soggy quicker? So fast. I don't know. I mean, I don't know that there is that much to say. I feel like we and really just have to like, fast? I just, I don't know. I hate it. I, I hate, hate to it. think about it. It doesn't make me oh, feel good. Um, yeah. So that's that. Um, Marie, what do you have for us? (laughs) The next thing I need everyone to know, obviously, um, there's a war on, uh, I can't stop thinking about it, but we're not going to get into that right here today. Um, because we're not the experts. If you want to listen to a podcast about, um, the war in Ukraine and the Ukrainian Russian relations, you can listen to a different podcast, um, because they know, stuff out there in these streets. But one thing that I do think it's important for everyone to know is that the president of Ukraine became the president because he was an actor who played the president of Ukraine on a television show. And then basically it served as the springboard for him to actually run for president. Did you know this? I did know this and it is the craziest story. He was like a full on celeb. Like he was like on dancing with the stars, Ukraine. Like he was like that guy. It is the wildest story of all time. And I have to say that I'm a fan of his. He seems like he's doing a good job. He's also, um, quite cute. And I just like his, I like his attitude. I like that he is a very different kind of celebrity turned president for that. Yeah, country. he's he's I'm no for him he doesn't seem them. like he's a Ronald Reagan type. Or a Trump. Or a Trump type. <laughs> I like literally forget that he I'm like, he doesn't count as president. Somebody told me the other day that they went to the portrait gallery and they saw that they're like they put up a photograph of Trump in the Hall of Presidents. And I was like, no, sorry, no. They're gonna have to take that down. Urgently. Let him know. Yeah, the president um, so of Ukraine is, he's like really showing up for Ukraine, I think, in ways that people maybe didn't expect due to this background. Yeah. Um, so that's important context for everyone to have <clears throat> as you continue to consume the 24-hour news cycle. Um, and then the final thing that you need to know of the month is <laughs> Euphoria. Did you watch it? If you didn't, I don't. Did you watch it? Do you watch Euphoria? I don't, Marie. I, oh, I think today, I, knew that. I was like, should I watch Euphoria? Because obviously this is like the culture right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's the moment. It ended last night. Um, I'm not going to say all that much about it just because it's all been said and you haven't seen it. But were you one pleased? Thing, I was, I mean, yeah. And no, I'm the, the show is crazy. I don't know if I actually like it. 
I do, but I don't. It's very hard to say. Um, one thing that I like about Euphoria is that everybody's been pretty respectful about spoilers. Like mm. I watched every episode late and all of the like Twitter memes and jokes and stuff. Cause I felt like my entire Twitter was all Euphoria, but none of it was spoilers. And that was respectable. I like that. I like when people are good like that. I feel really, you know, I feel emotional about spoilers. I don't like when things are spoilt for me. Um, so the euphoria experience, although I think at this point, like the, the finale had a lot of big moments in it that I think people um, will in fact spoil we'll on the <laughs> And you know what? That's okay. I feel like they're, I feel like we just need to settle as society on like the right amount of time that we um, give to before we spoil. Like, is it 48 hours? Is it, mm, you know what I yeah. mean? What is the appropriate, what's the like law? What's the law? Yeah. I think that probably almost everybody is watching Euphoria and perhaps I will watch it, but if I do, it's going to be in like three years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like anything that was spoiled, you'll probably forget. And I love spoilers. So I'm happy to know it all (laughs) and then just watch it. Oh my God. We're different in that way. We're different. We really are. Okay. So Elisa. Yes. Looking ahead, the month of March is upon us. It's arrived. March, spring. Thank fucking God. What is springish? What is March? What are your hopes and dreams? So I really haven't been cooking pretty much at all um, Mm. still. And I'm ready to, I think I want to create some like structure in my spare time around cooking just to Mm. maybe like start working the muscle again. So I posed this in my newsletter, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Mm. Um, I'm definitely leaning towards one or the other, but I basically want to establish a project for myself in the kitchen for March. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to either cook or bake. Actually, I want to bake. I want to bake like all of the recipes. Well, not in one month, but like commit to one book and start cooking through it or commit to mastering one thing. And that thing mm. would be croissants, but then I would use all different croissant recipes. So hard. I mean, I guess to me, the question is like, do you have a book that is making you feel super excited to cook through? I've always felt excited about the, um, Republique cookbook, mm, the bakery yeah. in LA, but it's very much like a restaurant cookbook. You know what I mean? Mm, like their mm-hmm. recipes, I don't think are that adaptable to a home kitchen. Um, yeah. and I think it'd be fun. Cause that's like all kinds of different exercises, but I personally am leaning towards croissants and I think it would be fun to do like the Claire Saffitz New York Times croissants and then mm-hmm. like the tartine croissants. And yeah. I think it honestly, like depending on if I feel like it, like could also be fun to try and capture some of this on video purely for the like comedy of it, because I feel like it's going to be chaotic. It's definitely going to be, a. I feel like it's going to be chaotic. And I also agree that you should make croissants because I feel like that is something that is to me very you and maybe Thank that'll you. like light you up famously Elisa's and my phone as Elisa croissant and my, my background set, is croissants <laughs> I set my phone to speak out loud and tell me who's calling <laughs> when people call so when Elisa calls me it says Elisa croissant I love. <laughs> <laughs> so that's important to con- take into consideration when making I wear decision. it like a badge of honor yeah. So I think, I think ultimately it is going to be croissants for me. So Fun. in the month of March, I hope to make croissants one to three times and report okay. back on my um, experiences. Well, I can't wait to taste test them. I know. I can't wait for you either. Fun. So we'll see. What about you? What's March going to be like for you in your spare time? So in my spare time, I'm going to be, so I'm having a birthday party in March. She's basically um, turning 30. March. I'm turning 30. March is my favorite month. Um, and so I'm going to have a, a yard party, which you, everyone knows I love a yard party. Um, my yard at this time is a little bit of a shit show. Okay. Um, I have a lot of yard. I have sort of a weird house. Um, cause I'm on the end <laughs> of a block of road of row houses. So I have like a lot of side yard mm. and it's not, um, well-maintained by my landlord, let's say. Love that. So trying to figure out like how to make my yard more functional and beautiful without like overdoing it on the amount of time, money, and like emotional slash physical labor that I'm investing in a rental property. Um, and that I'm also such like a delicate balance. It's such a delicate balance. I'm also like, 
I think I like to think of myself as someone who knows what the fuck I'm doing when it comes to like gardening, but I really and truly do not know anything. So this is going to be a, I don't really know what is going to happen, but I know that I have to make my yard different. So I think wow. that that's going to be something that I'm investing my spare time in a little bit. So basically instead of Ikea, March is going to be a Home Depot moment for you or Lowe's actually. Yeah. It's going to be a Lowe's moment. Uh, maybe, probably. Maybe. I hope, I hope to be able to make it nice. Um, and if you're listening to this, you're invited to my birthday party. So <gasps> text me. <laughs> Love that. Shout out. Um, that sounds great. Yeah. I think it'll be nice. And like, it'll be, it'll be a nice way to like, one of the things that's hard when the weather gets nice for me is I'm like, ugh, all my chores are inside, but I want to be outside. So creating some outside chores, I think will help me to feel like I'm using my spare time wisely. And also I'm doing something good for my brain by going out and being in the vitamin D, which the sun has really been making me feel like I'm, I've taken uppers these days. Oh, the sun is so important. Every time I go on a walk, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is good. This is not overrated. It's really not overrated at all. It's not overrated at all, but somehow I still forget that every time. Mm -hmm. Big time. I love a walk. Well, I'm excited about your yard. I'm excited about your spare time. And I'm excited about your croissants. Thank you. I'll keep you posted. Croissants in the yard. That's right. Oh my God. And otherwise we will catch up later this well in March for our double book club bonanza. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. You heard me. And then again to recap March. So fun. I love it. Yeah. Let us know what you guys are thinking about spare time. Let us know what you're doing in your spare time. Yeah. We love to know. We love to know. And as always, thanks for spending your spare time with us. We love it. Oh, 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 oh,